1: Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite guilty pleasure, a.k.a. the Chad and Cheese podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. Joined, as always, the Garth to my Wayne, Chad Sowash. (laughs) And we are happy to welcome Andrea Derler, Ph.D. She's the Principal Research and Value Principal at Vizier. Andrea, welcome to the Chad and Cheese podcast.
2: Hello. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Your mic is better than ours. I'm a little upset about that. Yeah, little- and, 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 no, that's a good looking mic. Yeah, you can't you can't see the mic, but it is uh, it's it's pretty sexy. That's a sexy looking <laughs> mic right there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew a lot of our listeners don't know who, who you are. Give us a little Twitter bio, and then we'll dig into the company and, and what you guys do and the data that we're going to dig into today.
2: I study the humans behind the data. The accent that you all uh, discover is because I'm from Austria living in the U.S. Uh, I'm from no, the that's same not, city. No, that's not a
0: Raleigh accent that sound like raleigh north carolina to me
2: i can't even do that
1: it's it's southern (laughs) austrian it's kentucky fried austrian is what yeah
2: that's right i'm from a beautiful city of graz which is the same city as arnold schwarzenegger um don't share his popularity quite yet but i'm hoping to very soon with the type of research that we do
1: Andrea, the Terminator. Yeah.
2: yeah. Data Terminator. Yes. Um, Ooh, there it is. Yeah.
1: Ooh, we found a new LinkedIn title
0: for you. Data <laughs> Terminator. So, so a little bit more about you. How did you find your way to the US?
2: I won the green card lottery. And that's no joke because not many Austrians actually want to move to the US. So it's very easy to win the green card lottery. <laughs> It is really true. And so, uh, yeah, that happened about 16 years ago. And that's how we got here. And this country has treated us really well. My husband there and I go. and my two kids. Nice. So we've been happy ever since.
1: Very nice. Yeah. Well, why leave Austria? Well, there's a good reason. Well, there's pretty good, pretty good skiing in north carolina from what i understand so
2: that's probably up for debate uh skiing <laughs> in austria is awesome that's why we go back there quite often
1: we have a lot of sarcasm um, on this show andrew oh, I, I don't know uh, sorry i, I didn't catch that uh, yeah <laughs> andrew has a phd so she's like what am i doing here? well she's austrian that's not sarcasm isn't really baked into <laughs> yeah. it so yeah
2: no we're very dry and boring people usually I that's ask why the questions
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrea, we know more about you. Some don't know busier and what you guys do. So talk a little bit about that and we'll get into some specific topic that you recently wrote about on LinkedIn.
2: Vizier is the leader in people analytics, um, according to George Persson, for sure. So we are a people analytics company. That means we have about 25,000 customers around the world who load their data from their human resource information systems into Vizier to do people analytics, meaning to understand some of the relationships between, for example, retention and diversity, productivity and business outcomes.
0: How many people is does that represent? Because obviously under those companies, you have many. How many people are you getting data points from?
2: Yeah, it's growing every week, but it's currently at about 17 million employee records. That means people working God. in companies around the world. 17 million.
0: That, <laughs> that is a huge. Lot. Now, I have this amazing business insider. Layoffs can cause contagion that pushes workers who are left behind to quit. I, this is something that, you know, we talk about attrition on the show, right? We talk about Amazon and their attrition, and it's actually cost them billions and billions of dollars. And why is our industry, why are companies not paying more attention to this? I mean, layoffs are one thing, but what about the actual attrition that comes along with that? Because it sounds like it's inherent.
2: I think many don't just don't know. We've discovered this phenomenon in our data because we actively looked for it. We wanted to understand, is a resignation or a layoff of a person an isolated event? Or does mm-hmm. it actually affect the people around them? And because we are studying the humans behind the data, we found like, let's see if team members are affected by one person's either resignation or layoff event. And we did find that there is an effect on others. And if you think about this, naturally there would be if you're losing your colleague through whatever reason, it affects you in many ways. Either you have to do their job now, or your work is being completely changed, uh, every process is being turned upside down, or you simply miss them and you need them to be successful yourself. So you're suddenly considering, well, if they're not here anymore, what am I doing here? And I think that's the component we just haven't really paid enough attention to. It's as simple as that. We didn't know and we had no no way to prove it.
0: Right, right. So, so turnover is contagious in this case. And did you guys coin the term turnover contagion or did that exist already?
2: The term has existed before. So what I like to do is I like to, I'm a little bit of a nerd, so I do read academic articles. And uh-huh. when we studied turnover Oh, you're in general, the person
0: that does that, okay.
2: I, yeah, I, I do that sometimes <laughs> because you find really interesting nuggets such as turnover contagion as a term, where we then said, okay, can we prove that this is happening, that it's an actual phenomenon in our vast database? <laughs> so the term has existed before. It has different words. Sometimes they call it collective turnover. It's always effects on social effects, basically on team members around a person who's leaving. Turnover research is about 100 years old. So there's lots more nuggets we can probably test. But that particular one uh, interested us because we started the resignation wave that started in 2020. And that's when we came to the turn of a contagion as a phenomenon.
1: So when you say contagion, I obviously think COVID. They're not connected whatsoever. But we're in a remote world. And when I hear what's going on and you see people in jobs, maybe yours now that you didn't have before, how has working remotely impacted this? I could see where, Hey, the, the New York office had a big layoff. And because I actually know these people and we go out for drinks, like there was more of a a contagion there. But if my New York, coworkers get laid off and I'm in Boise, Idaho. Is it less contagious because I'm geographically in a different place? Because you're not really connected to those people. Is that what you're saying? Correct. How has remote work impacted the contagion?
2: The assumption based on what we found, we tested this in a timeframe between February 2019, so before the pandemic until October 2020 to have that time to calculate everything. We don't know if there's an actual effect of the pandemic on this or hybrid how work. However, the way we know that people are connected, even regardless of where they live, is are they working for the same manager, for example, that like belonging to a certain team is how mm-hmm. we defined team. So that's why if a random person leaves that's living someplace else or even not even works with on that same team, that effect does not exist. That's how we tested it. The only reason we know that turnover is contagious is because we could see who's been working on the same team. So when a team member left, that's when their team, their peers were affected. That's exactly how we proved that, you know, regardless of where you are, if you're a member of the same team, I've worked remotely for the last 10 mm-hmm. years. I have very close relationships with my peers who are on the other side of the country sometimes in uh, the other side of the world, mm-hmm. but if one of them leaves and I depend on their work to be successful myself, doesn't matter where they are. So my hypothesis would be that the effects of remote are probably, you know, weaker. It's more important who you are connected with and how strong that relationship is.
1: Is the opposite true? If people being laid off leads to people quitting, does greater retention lead to more people staying?
2: It's actually not a mirror image of each other from okay. what I've learned here. So we haven't looked at that. The draw certainly was away from the company, which is different from why am I staying. So that's not so the reasons why I'm staying at a certain place are not the same as why I'm leaving a place. So that's mm-hmm. what we've learned too in academics have written quite a bit about that. I don't know, to be honest. We can't we can't really save these are the same reasons. I think it's more about, and that's what fascinates me about this topic is the, the social impact, the relationships, that bonding experience, again, beyond the office, can be pretty strong. So if somebody's being let go, that the effect is a bit weaker than if somebody actively leaves, which is mm-hmm. that resignation. That's why we found different effect sizes.
1: When you do that study and, and publish it, let us know. Maybe we'll have you back talking about that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I promise. When it
0: comes to the company... In the report, you'd said that, you know, if you do a layoff, expect another at least 7% to leave. In this case, do you think they were, uh, those individuals that were leaving, this contagion piece was they were just ready to in the first place or I might as well leave before they cut me? Do do we know any reasons or we just know the data is that if there's a layoff, at least 7% are going to go?
2: The way I think about that is, again, based on academic research, because we don't know why the people in our own Sample left that's mm-hmm. you know would be something we have to to study later, but there is something like a shock effect, like a trigger. Something happens, somebody around me is being let go in the you know case of layoffs, and that's a shock event. Was I ready to leave before? Maybe, but maybe that's not even important because that shock event that's really what shakes me. that's what makes me want to leave. That's where survey data meets our data sometimes, that we have seen lots of surveys who said 40% of people are going to leave next year. Do you remember that? We saw that in industry Mm -hmm. publications. That was based on surveys, but survey intention to leave, me wanting to, planning to, maybe not always happy, sometimes frustrated, is not by any means the same as me actually handing in my resignation tomorrow. So we we don't really know always the reasons of why people now are suddenly triggered to leave. Layoffs is certainly a shock event. But if one of your best colleagues, Chad, if Joel were to leave tomorrow, you'd be really shocked, right? And so you would figure out, what am I still doing here?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yes, I would be I would be very shocked. Hey,
2: it's <laughs> Corona time right now.
0: I have to get some Corona, yeah. <laughs> He'd be uh, all right, I think. Is there any correlation between, and I don't know if you've actually run these numbers or not, but if there are positions that have been open long on that team, obviously you're starting to spread those those people that stayed too thin, right? Right. Have you started to take a look at the actual data around the open positions, how the longer they're open, the more people that actually go out the back door? Because, again, they're just being worked too hard.
2: Yeah, this would be all subject to more research, to be honest. I think the first step, and I, I keep saying we have to do more. I just want to point out how, how unique it is that we even could find an effect. There are hundreds of studies based on survey and academic research that showed that turnover contagion is a possibility, but we did an experiment to to even see that there is an effect that we saw people leaving because others left was a really big, important next step. There are many other questions that open up that we need to explore further. I think what's probably important and interesting is what does this mean for the manager? What can they do? What's also interesting is when does it actually happen? When is the effect the strongest? Because it's not Forever, like your team members don't leave in the next two years after that first resignation. We saw very specifically this happens immediately after on day one of a person's resignation once this becomes known.
1: What advice would you give a company? I know you're not a marketer, but what would the spin be if you were on the the end of the company in terms of trying to put out any kind of contagion? Quickly? Is there something companies should say, sort of turn the temperature down on people sort of freaking out and taking off?
2: Oh, that's top of our mind. So our research doesn't exist in a bubble. Uh, that's particularly important in terms of what can an organization or managers do. The first one is immediately look at the risk of ep- exit profiles for the remaining team members on that team. That should be something that managers, hiring managers, do all the time. And you're looking, basically, you're asking yourself, who is my top talent? That sounds a bit mean, but I think that's how we all think. Who are the most important people on my team. Who do I certainly not want to see leaving as well? You look at their risk of exit profile. You see, when was the last promotion? Uh, what's their compensation? You know, what was the last pay raise? How long have they been in the job? What's their tenure? Where do they live? But also, I think most interestingly is now in the hybrid world, you mentioned that what managers can do now with technology is to see how engaged are people? Um, what do I know about their let's say collaboration with others? What do I know about their potential burnout? What do I know about their work patterns, their daily work patterns? Have they changed? Can I detect any changes in how my people are working every day? And so that's something that should always be top of mind. But I think in a resignation event, if I have somebody who is leaving, I have to think immediately about what impact this potentially could have on others. So I do want to have that open conversation. First, I check the data, but then I should actually uh, address it heads on.
1: I was expecting sort of a rah, you know, locker room speech from the CEO. And what I got from you was sort of a really personalized employee by employee strategy of of how is each one going to hopefully stick around. That was an answer I wasn't expecting. So I, I appreciate that. Now, if I flip it on the other side and Chad and I do in this show, we know that the companies tend to be evil sometimes. <laughs> Twitter? <laughs> Elon Musk. (laughs) So my question is, are companies putting contagion in their calculus when they do layoffs? In other words, if I know that 5% are going to leave, if I lay off 20%, if I want 25% to leave, do I just layoff 20, and then I know the other 5% are going to leave, and I, I don't have to pay them severance and all the other stuff. Are companies thinking about contagion when they do layoffs, hoping that more will leave so they come down a little bit and wait for the others to leave after?
2: I think we should ask that question to a CHRO, because that's a question that I can answer. I don't think they've done it so far.
1: What do you think, though?
2: I don't think so. I, I don't think that the that, that, that awareness was there before. Maybe they thought, maybe it's possible. We're hoping secretly that this will happen in some cases, but then again. And how do you control who's going to leave? You want your top talent to stay. You don't want your top people to be part of that, right? That's why it's a little dangerous and risky if mm-hmm. you were to do that because you don't know who's going to leave.
3: How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology.
1: The Jim Stroud podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud
3: podcast.
0: Right. Makes sense. So I, I guess when we're talking about those people obviously leaving not knowing whether they're going to be your, your top talent or not top talent. And they're sure at this point aren't, aren't correlations yet, but this starts the conversation. I think this data starts the conversation for TA leaders and thinking, okay, well, if some of my top talent leaves, not only is it going to be bad for others wanting to leave, but they might've uh, had more of the load, the workload than others. So therefore they're going to spread people too thin. I mean, it's it's one of those things where we have to look at resources. And I just don't think, that uh, many HR CHROs obviously are even thinking about the contagion effect and how deep it goes. Do you think they are, or is this like something incredibly new for for them right now because of all of these resignations that we've seen over the past few years?
2: I love that you bring up the the talent acquisition function there because that was something on my mind that I've reflected on. If you know, for example, a team in another company where you've been chasing talent, that's certainly one way to 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 track who is leaving at that company and to see if there are other people that I'd like to kind of have a conversation with about potentially interviewing or or considering other roles. Again, that's the power of people analytics that we are starting to learn about those dynamics right now. We're starting to learn about those phenomena and what they mean for other functions. For example, we know that there's a significant amount of rehires of boomerang employees. That has a lot of implications for talent acquisition, right? Because I may hire people, but then how do I keep them on as long as they actually get embedded in the organization? Or are they leaving within the next three months Again, and going back to the previous employer. So the retention starts with the hiring, of course, right? So who do I need to keep? How long do I need to keep them on? And what's the risk of them boomeranging back to their previous employer? Mm-hmm. So we have talent management, we have talent acquisition, employee experience, HR function needing to work together because this is becoming a more and more complex problem now. So I think the way you're thinking about this is also how we've been thinking about that. What does this mean for talent acquisition? Not just about hiring, right, recruitment, but also uh, what do I need to know and how can I track teams and team members in? Uh, my target organizations.
0: Right. Well, one thing you didn't mention was internal mobility, which is incredibly big. But again, something that just here recently we've started to put more emphasis on. So being able to demonstrate to the actual employee that, hey, look, you, you know, we value you. We want you to stay. Here's, here's what your career path looks like. Here's some opportunities for education, right? Those types of things. And being able to demonstrate that, OK, you know, this isn't all on you. This is This is a, a team effort. If you're talking to someone in TA about this or even just on the talent management side of the house, what is the biggest key for them, the biggest indicator for them to be looking at for the possibility of somebody leaving? the team. Is there anything in the data that actually says this is an event, that shock event? Is it pretty much just you're seeing layoffs or is there another shock event?
2: I think from what we learned from other analysis we did is internal mobility is still lagging behind vastly when we compare external versus internal. So that's clear. I think the biggest indicator, we interviewed a couple of Boomerang employees and wanted to know why did you leave in the first place, which is coming to the retention question I think that you're asking, which is really people get bored. The top talent that's sometimes resigning and that's exactly, again, the problem. They get bored at their jobs. They want to learn something new. They want to do a little bit of a different role. So theoretically, internal mobility would be the key to one key to talent retention, including compensation. Uh, so mobility learning. So the, the typical ones that we always have discussed, but what makes it so hard? A couple of things. Of course, talent hoarding by managers has always been an issue. You know, Who is going to wanting to let go of talent that they really need and want and, you know, probably even really like and get on with really well. So that's a uh, uh, becomes a systemic problem. You take in asking an individual manager to let go of somebody who they actually really need on their team. So that's an issue. I, I don't know how much uh, organizations know these days about the skills that those employees actually have. How much do we know, you know, which which roles my employee can actually take in my company? You know, the, the way CVs are sometimes processed, or I mean, curriculum vitae or, or even, you know, experiences in skill summaries are not very comprehensive sometimes. So I don't know how what other skills you have. What do you know about what other skills I have? I've been in sales for a very long time before I became a researcher. Nobody usually knows that. So knowing about what my people can do versus what they actually currently do is one of the key problems, I think, that organizations have. They're working on that right now. As you know, skills technologies are becoming more and more prevalent now, but it's a complex problem that needs a lot of brains working together.
0: Well, it's what they want to do as well, right? I mean, that they, they, you know what they can do, but they might want to pivot into, if you're in sales, you might want to pivot into marketing, right? Or something of that nature. From an internal mobility standpoint, are we thinking too much about ourselves and what we need as the company as opposed to what the employee needs? Because again again Again, they're going to get bored. And then they're just, they're going to leave. And if they leave, there's, you know, high likelihood that another 7% or plus would leave with them.
2: Mm-hmm. But that's where really it comes down to, again, the manager understanding uh, their team members, right? So you're right. We should always consider what the person wants. That's always been an, an ever occurring problem because they just don't know. I think what I learned from interviews of people who are interviewed for the boomerang research last year was the primary reason of why they left was I just wanted to a little bit more. It's not sometimes a radical thing change that people want to do but just learn a little more make that next best step people are incredibly positive usually about the way they work I mean I'm not I'm over generalizing here but my position has always been that in general people want to work want to do a good job want to perform most of them. And so give them that opportunity to maybe contribute to a project outside of their realm. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complex. But we're going into psychological safety now again. Am I going to my manager and talk to them about that I'm bored at work? Do I feel I can do that? Do I feel that or should I go to HR? Like who do I speak to about this? I think there's systems and processes need to be in place that support managers to have those conversations transparently. But I agree with you. I think that's there's a complete, you know, closed circle. How do we keep people? What do we know about them? What don't we know about them? And so far, certainly we have not known about the social collective impact of anyone being a little frustrated and actually leaving their jobs.
1: You mentioned uh, shock to the system. Is there any data, or what would your thesis be around multiple rounds of layoffs? In other words, one round of layoff, you see a certain level, level of contagion. If there's another round of layoffs, does contagion go up up more because there's more layoffs and more fear in the mm-hmm. workforce.
2: I think that's a there that would be another really good question. I mean, I can only hypothesize around that. Of course, you know, when we think about psychology, the psychological impact of turnover caused by layoffs in particular, what it causes in people is an incredibly big sense of uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. Fear, uncertainty. This goes way beyond can I keep my job, but it's what's when is it going to happen to me next? So we would assume that the probability of more people resigning after layoffs would go up only because Mm -hmm. of that sense of uncertainty. But it will depend on the industry as well. Of course, we see industry differences, you know, how easy is it going to be for me to find a job someplace else? Or I'm just going to wait it out. So I think we'll see probably variations in industries, uh, probably in education levels, probably in skills as well. You know, what can I do um, someplace else versus why do I have to stick around? But in general, we would expect that this goes up because people are, of course, particularly in the US where there's not a really strong social safety net mm-hmm. where you don't get a lot of unemployment benefit, it's becoming a life and death situation for some people. Like, Can I survive with my family?
1: So the, the recommendation would be if you're going to do a round of layoffs, get it done in one sort of action instead of drawing it out into multiple rounds of layoffs. Yes or no? Can,
2: can we do another podcast in a couple of months because we are studying layoffs next. Actually, we're looking oh, into this right now. We'll have a lot more data around when are layoffs happening, which industries are most affected, which kind of demographics are most affected. And I'm actually trying to interview um, managers about what made the decision happen uh, in the first place, what played into the decision-making process. So the layoff conversation is a whole different other beast that we are tackling because it's Happening quite prevalently right now.
1: We'll put a pin in that one. Yep. The media plays into this, I think. You mentioned the great resignation, and, and if you go to Google Trends, the term the great resignation spiked in 2021. It has since collapsed in terms of media uh, mentions of it. You're seeing the great regret uh, start to go up, right? Everyone's regretting resigning. How much does media play into people's decisions to stay or go at a company?
2: I love that question. I think what media outlets underestimate is that is that impact that they have on, on how how people feel the sentiment <clears> about work. I'm always really concerned about that because it may just really sometimes make a problem worse. The great resignation did happen. It's now gone down in numbers. We're tracking resignation rates monthly based on our data, you know, on our database as well. So yes, resignations are down. In terms of the great regrets, interestingly, we found that people really regretting and going back to their previous employer has been steady over the last four years. So that has not changed much. We see that... That about a quarter of hires, new hires, are actually rehires. That was higher than we expected. Whether that's regret or not, uh, it's hard to say. It varies by by industry as well, but it's been quite steady over the last four years. What's probably more uh, interesting currently is to see how long is that whole um, recession talk and layoff talk going to last, because I think compensation is going to be the next big topic. If we are trying to keep people, particularly in some regions of the world, we need to think about compensation. How much do organizations really need to you know ramp up their their compensation and pay for new hires and existing hires until the breaking point? and at which point does that effect actually you know fade away? you know how much do I need to pay Andrea so that she stays, but at some point she's gonna leave anyway. So I yeah. think that makes sense. That's the next big topic that we want to see after layoffs even to understand what what role does pay really play? In retention.
1: I'll let you add on this. You mentioned in your article that smaller teams are at greater risk of contagion. Why is that?
2: We've consulted a, a psychologist on this and the common opinion is that a smaller teams have just more coherence. They know each other better. They are in a closer mm-hmm. relationship that sounds pretty obvious to all of us. That's probably at the core. I think their work processes are also probably more intertwined. So if my colleague leaves and I really depend on them in my smaller team because we do work together almost every day, that's why they affect is probably stronger for smaller teams than for larger teams beyond, um, you know, 20 or 30 people where the effect is much smaller because people don't necessarily, you won't have 30 people working on one project for a very long time together that closely, even though the effect is still there. You know, there's still an effect for larger teams. But it's that bonding experience and that, you know, necessity of us, you know, doing something together to be successful kind of sentiment that makes that effect stronger for smaller teams is our hypothesis.
0: Well, Andrea, we uh, appreciate you coming on, talking to us about turnover, contagion, all these one. wonderful things. I've got to go get a shot now. If somebody wants to find out more about you or they want to link up with you or they want to find out more about the, this data and the, the statistics, where would you send them?
2: We have a report that can be downloaded on our mm-hmm. Vizier website. I also have published this a lot on LinkedIn. So you can follow us on LinkedIn. You can follow Vizier on LinkedIn or me personally, um, Andrea Dürler. And there's lots of media attention around this. So you'll just type in Vizier turnover contagion and you'll find lots of interesting articles and links.
1: Quitting contagion. Don't stand so close to me, Chad. Another- the other one is in the books. Andrea, thanks for joining us today. We out. We out.
3: Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business.